Well, it's good to see everybody's back out on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, and we've got a pretty good number tonight, so we're glad you're here. I want you to open up your Bibles, and tonight we're going to consider a question that was submitted into the suggestion box. You may have noticed that I've been kind of plugging that. Um, one of the things we wanted to do this year as we changed up the format a little bit was to entertain questions or suggestions of topics or whatever you want to hear a sermon about. So we had a question submitted into the box uh, shortly after our last debate, which was about, of course, uh, exactly what day we take the Lord's Supper on. But this question had to do with the Sabbath day and is just simply, should we observe the Sabbath? I want to make several observations about the Sabbath day and uh, the observing, if you will, or honoring of it, uh, doing things upon it, etc., Uh, And so I'll start off just briefly by saying this. This commandment, if we went back to Exodus 20, and we were to look at the list of the so-called Ten Commandments, we would find that this one out of the ten is unique for two basic reasons. One is that the commandment predates, as many of them do, but it certainly predates the giving of the Law of Moses. Um, We can find this commandment and the uniqueness of it goes all the way back to creation. So if you're looking with me, and if you will, look with me at Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read some in the Old Testament, especially the first couple of books. So you may want to take your Bibles and follow along with me tonight. But in Genesis chapter 2, God had created the earth in six days, everything on it and in it. And the Bible says in Genesis 2, beginning in verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, and I'll go ahead and tell you just for our discussion and purposes of it tonight, Sabbath and seventh are the same thing. So the word Sabbath in Hebrew means uh, seven or seventh. And so on the seventh day, or the Sabbath day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh, or Sabbath day, from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it uh, he had rested from all his work, which God, of course, created and made. And if you go to Exodus 20, and we will do that, and uh, look at at that again as as was read, but if we go to Exodus 20 and we look at verses 8 through 11, God makes reference to the creation. One of the reasons he gives, or really a primary reason he gives, for remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That is, take notice of it, etc. We'll talk about that word. Keep it holy, set it apart, make it different. All of that hearkening back to when we were discussing the whole idea of being holy. But the reason for giving that law is because God had, in fact, hallowed that day. God instituted the idea of a week. That is more ancient than modern man, of course, knows unless he references the Bible, because it goes all the way back to creation. So God made the institution of time, and he established a week, and six days in the week, he worked, and he made the earth, and he rested on the seventh. And yet, we're asked the question, should we, Christians, is the idea, should we observe the Sabbath? You know, a simple answer to this question is no. Um... And I'm not going to leave it at that. I'm going to qualify it because I think you need to. But when we say, should we observe or honor the Sabbath, is that the law for us to remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy? In other words, yesterday, Saturday, the seventh day of the week, should we have been 
honoring it in that sense. Those of you who might have worked yesterday, whether it was at a formal job or you worked around the house or in the yard or whatever it might be, did you violate the Sabbath day? If you prune trees and bushes like I've been doing lately and you picked up the sticks, and that'll we'll look at that in a moment, was that wrong? Was that a gross violation of what God had commanded? And my answer to that would be no. As we come through the history of the Jews, we find that they built tabernacles, or not tabernacles, rather, but synagogues is the word I'm looking for. They built synagogues, and they began to set aside time on the Sabbath day to go into the synagogue and to worship, to read, to sing, a lot of things very similar to what we do in worship. Should we have done that yesterday, on Saturday, on the Sabbath day? If you drive around to different communities around here, You will see a number of Jewish people. I am part Jewish. But you will see a number of them walking down to what they call temple, but really synagogue, and doing just that. Should we be doing that? Those are all questions that enter into our discussion, should we observe the Sabbath. The answer to that is no. But you've got to qualify it, and I will. But let's look at the reason why the answer is no. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2. Now, this is one of the times that I will stray out of Genesis and Exodus tonight, but go with me to Colossians 2, and notice that Paul is addressing the whole idea of the ordinances or commandments in the Old Testament. I'm going to jump in the middle of a paragraph here, but you will notice in verse 14 that one of the things that Christ did, and he's speaking of Jesus, and uh, for example in verse 9, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, verse 10. Well, down in verse 14, one of the things that Christ did when he went to the cross is that he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. And so Christ, doing all of this work, blotting out the handwriting of the commandments or ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Stay with me here. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it, in doing that. So what did he do? He went to the cross. When he went to the cross, he triumphed over the devil and all his forces. But another thing that he did was to blot out the handwriting of ordinances against us. Now, one, if one is just jumping into this, you might ask the question, well, how do we know that uh, what those ordinances are? What commandments and, and the like are we talking about? Well, he, he tells you. So we read in verse 16, let no man therefore judge you, I notice this, in meat. Well, how would a person judge according to meat or food? There are a lot of things in the Old Testament you could not eat. For example, Montel and I watched a show last night where a guy went out hunting with a bow and arrow and shot about a 15-pound catfish. Catfish is tasty. I love it. But you couldn't eat it under the Old Testament because it has skin. It does not have scales. Probably most of you, if not all of you, are aware of that. There are a number of other animals you couldn't eat. I love bacon. I don't know about you, but I love bacon. And so we have bacon nearly every Saturday morning. That's a treat that we have. Couldn't eat bacon. It was against the law of Moses. But now Paul is saying, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, notice this, or in respect of a holy day. The Jews had a number of holy days. We recognize them from the observance around here, Yom Kippur, you know, the Day of Atonement, Passover, um, 
uh, Hanukkah, almost lost it, but Hanukkah at the end of the year, and a number of other days. Don't let anyone judge you with respect of a holy day. But he goes on. Or of a new moon. Notice at the end of verse 16. Or of the Sabbaths, plural. They had a number of Sabbaths. Obviously 52 or 53 of them in a year's time. Uh, They are either 52 or 53 Sundays, if you're aware of that. But they had all those Sabbaths. And then there were other holy days that are referred to in general as Sabbaths. Days of rest, they are called. And yet let no man judge you with respect to a Sabbath. Because, verse 17, they were shadows of things to come, but the body is Christ. Now you would not have, if we were supposed to, just in simple language, if we were supposed to be observing the Sabbath, as some brethren do, I've known brethren who believed you had to observe the Sabbath. If we had to worship on that day, if we had to cease from labor from that day, on that day, and these other things we'll read, if we had to do that, you would not have the Apostle Paul telling us two things. One, the handwriting of ordinances that was against us or contrary to us was nailed to the cross. You would not have Paul saying, let no man judge you with respect to the Sabbath days, Because if it was part of the law of God, we would have a right to judge that. And in fact, we will see in the Old Testament law that they had to judge whether or not a person violated the Sabbath. And if they judged the violation of the Sabbath, it was to be punished. But now Paul is saying, don't let anyone judge you. So the simple answer to the question, should we observe the Sabbath, is no And I I hope that that one passage is enough in the New Testament to see that. We can look at a lot of other passages, and I'm not going to, to talk about the change of the law of Moses and all of that kind of thing. But that one is enough just to show, no, we are not to be observant. Sunday, today, as we've met, is a lot of times referred to as the Sabbath. Maybe not so much in today's generation as it was in even mine, and certainly those of you that are in the generation just older than me, you probably heard a lot of people refer to Sunday as the Sabbath, or the Christian Sabbath, it was sometimes called. So we might ask the question, is Sunday the Sabbath? Now, is Sunday the Christian Sabbath? No, it is not. The Sabbath is still the Sabbath. That is, the seventh day of the week is still the seventh day of the week. We call it Saturday. And Sunday is the first day of the week. So Sunday, the first day of the week, is not Saturday, the seventh day of the week. So no, it is not. It's not the Christian Sabbath. It's not the Sabbath. Now, having said that, I could just simply say, that's the lesson. We have a short one tonight. Let me sit down. But I don't think that's all that the Bible is teaching us from this whole idea of the Sabbath. In fact, read together with me, if you will, a couple of passages. Go with me to Romans 15. And let's just remind ourselves what the New Testament actually says. So Romans 15, and drop down with me in verse 4. And I'm just going to read some verses, not reading the context, but the verses will stand alone here. In verse 4 of Romans 15, whatsoever things were written aforetime, before, in the old time, the Old Testament, was written for our Christians' learning. What does that tell me? Well, it tells me that God's laws, His governance concerning the Sabbath has something to teach me. No, it's not my law. No, I should not be obeying that ordinance or those ordinances having to do with the Sabbath. 
But it's written for my learning. And I can learn from it. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, for example. In 1 Corinthians 11, you see this passage. In verse 6, again, I'm going to let the verses stand alone here. These things, and he's citing a number of Old Testament things, events. These things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust or desire after evil things as they lusted. Look at verse 11. All these things. Now he's just summarizing everything in the Old Testament. All the events, all the laws, all the ordinances, etc. All these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for, notice, our admonition. The word admonition means a warning. So again, we saw in Romans 15, we can learn from it. But I think we can also be warned by it in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now finally go with me to 2 Timothy 3. These are not the only verses we could turn to, but they're enough. So if we turn to 2 Timothy 3, we'll find Paul making reference to the Old Testament. First of all, he speaks to Timothy. We know Timothy was converted as a young man. We know he grew up in the household of a mother and grandmother who were Jews, and they were faithful Jews, who became faithful Christians. Read with me from verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3. You, Timothy, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. He goes on to say, and that from a child, literally a a little child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. Well, if it's from a little child, he's got to be talking about the Old Testament here. Because Timothy, as a little child, would not have had the New Testament scriptures in his home. So you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. So what is Paul saying? All those things in the Old Testament, they're written for our learning. He told us that. They're written for our admonition, our warning. He told us that. Now he's telling us that all those things are able to make us wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In fact, he goes on to say in verse 16 that all Scripture, Old and New Testament, is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. It is profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be truly or completely furnished, equipped unto every good work. So what do we learn from all of that? That maybe it's too quick an answer to say, should we observe the Sabbath? No. Colossians 2 tells us the handwriting of ordinances has been blotted out. Let no man judge you with respect to a Sabbath day. Maybe we're too quick to say that and only say that and not rather go back to look at the Sabbath day and say, now wait a minute, what can we learn from? What example does it give to us? What warning does it extend to us? And finally, what teaching, even reproof, that is to correct something in my life. What instruction in righteousness do I find with respect to the Sabbath day? So let's do that for a moment. Let's take a look at the Sabbath day and let's start talking about the actual commandment. If you look at Exodus chapter 20, remember the Sabbath day. What does that word remember mean? I think when you look at these various verses, you begin to understand that the primary instruction is to establish a weekly, holy day to the Jews. Now that ought to teach us something. That ought to say to us something by way of example. But a weekly, 
holy day to the Jews. But not only that, but to order God's people to observe it. So the question is asked, should we observe the Sabbath? We've already said no. But we have also said we can learn something from what God did in the Old Testament. What did he do? He established a holy day. He ordered the observance of it. Go over with me quickly, if you will, to Leviticus. Let me just read in Leviticus chapter 23 and notice something that's said here. And, and a number of times the Sabbath is mentioned. But I'm looking at Leviticus 20. I've got 21. That's not going to work. 23 and down in verse 3. When God said, and he was telling Moses here to speak to the children of Israel, verse 2, verse 3, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. Now that is a dedication of a day to be set aside, to be set apart, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. In everybody's house, the Sabbath should be honored. Everyone who is part of the kingdom of God. So what does he say? Remember. What does that word mean? The word remember literally means in Hebrew to mark it. Be mindful of it. Think on it is the idea. Remember it. Think on it. But if you look at Genesis 8 and verse 1, there's another use of the word. Same word. But remember how it says, and God remembered Noah. God didn't just have a passing thought about Noah. I want you to think about this for a second. Here's Noah out in the ark, he and his family. So, you know, they're out in the deep water and the ark would be thrashing around and so forth, like a box about two-thirds submerged in the water. But it's just being carried about by the waves and all of that, and the whole earth is covered with water, and God remembered Noah. And then it goes on to show you how God remembered it. Sometimes that passage is translated... And God took care of Noah. Because everyone understands that when it says God remembered Noah, it doesn't mean that God was just kind of up in heaven scratching his head and saying, you know what, i got Noah down there. Um, he'll, He'll work it out. He'll be all right. No, God is taking care of that ark, making sure that, you know, you think about it. The earth is covered in water. Every structure on the earth has been uprooted. Every gigantic tree on the earth uprooted. God is not letting some 200-foot tree slam into the ark. God is not letting something disastrous happen to the ark. God is remembering. God is taking care of. Now, what does that say? God is telling us to remember the Sabbath day like that. Don't just, oh yeah, it's Sabbath. He's not telling the Jews, yeah, you know what, today's the Sabbath. Oh, well, I've got to get back to work. No, God is saying, you set this day aside. You make this day a holy convocation. You put emphasis on this day. You remember this day. You do only what the Lord wants you to do on this day. And so forth. It was a serious infraction to break the Sabbath. Go with me to Exodus chapter 31. Let's read this passage. We're going to read a couple of them here. Serious infraction. In fact, here's exactly what God said. If you look at Exodus 31 down in verse 14. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore... It is holy unto you. Everyone that defiles it, profanes it, some translations say, shall surely be put to death. Now that's serious. But again, what is it showing us? What's it teaching us? What should we learn from that about God's instruction to put a person to death 
for defiling the holy day. Well, what a warning is that to me as a Christian? What teaching is there, 2 Timothy 3? How is that able to make me wise unto salvation? Timothy would have known that instruction. He would have been read that and taught that, etc., from a little child up. He would have known how special the Sabbath day. But what's it able to do for him as a Christian? Paul is saying it's able to make you wise to salvation. So there's something there for you and me. Notice verse 14. A person who defiles it shall be surely put to death. Whosoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy. Notice that. Set apart, sanctified to the Lord. Whosoever therefore doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Now we have an example of it. Go over with me to Numbers chapter 15. In Numbers 15, and I'm not going to read all of this, but I put down there for you to read from verse 22 and following, because that's where God talks about respecting all his laws and how serious they are. But I want you to go down to verse 32. While the children, Here's an actual example, is the point. While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. Now I want you to stop for a moment and really think about it. You're a kid. You're a Timothy. You're six, seven years old. They can understand this. You start talking about this story. You're teaching Timothy, God means for us to set the Sabbath day apart. Sabbath day is special. We don't work on Saturday. That's what he's saying. And Timothy, there was a time when they found a man and he was gathering sticks. Now I can see a child and the wheels are turning. What does that mean? He's picking up sticks. Well, if you're a kid and you're thinking about it, or you're an adult and you're thinking about it, you're probably thinking like I am, that ain't that bad. I mean, we have people in the Bible getting drunk, incest, etc., etc., etc. Now, that's bad. But picking up sticks ain't that bad. Well, this is what God says. They found that man gathering sticks and they brought him to Moses. Because the law had been given, you see. And here's a guy technically violating... The Sabbath day, but all he's doing is picking up maybe some firewood or something, some sticks to burn. So they brought him to Moses and Aaron. And in fact, the whole congregation got in on it, verse 33. In verse 34, they put him in ward. They stuck him in jail. Again, if I'm listening to this, and I never heard this story before, I'm going, for picking up sticks? You don't go to jail for that? Well, he did. Because it was not declared, explained what should be done to it. It really had been. But they just didn't think that if it was a technical violation, a little thing that the guy was doing, not some great big thing, just a little thing, that God really meant that. And so they put him in jail, and the Lord said to Moses in verse 35, The man shall be surely put to death. That's what I said in Exodus. When I said it, we read it a second ago in Exodus 31. I really meant it. Picking up sticks, going and hiring yourself out for 15 hours, you know, to whatever, no difference. I said no work. I said none would be done. I said remember this day and keep it holy, and I meant it. Kill him. And 
this is what you're going to do. You're going to take him out, verse 35, and you're going to stone him with stones without the camp. He's not even worthy to be inside the camp. And so, verse 36, all the congregation brought him without the camp, and they stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, you know, if I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, should we observe the Sabbath? I know the answer to that is no. That's clear to me. All the Bible in the New Testament that says the law has changed, and specifically Colossians 2, don't judge any man regarding the Sabbath. So in the New Testament, if a guy had been brought to Paul and Peter and John, and he'd been out collecting sticks, gathering sticks on Saturday, and they were to say, what do we do with this guy? The answer would be, we don't judge anybody about the Sabbath anymore, about Saturday anymore. Let him go. Yes, the law said it, but let him go. And yet, there's some teaching there. There's some learning. There's some admonition, some warning there. So how do we harmonize the two? Let me suggest to you how we do that. If we look at, uh, let's, let's turn over. Look at Matthew chapter 12. We realize when Jesus came along that Jesus, as many people would say, did not observe the Sabbath. That's not true, okay? I hear that, but that isn't true. That Jesus, I even hear it like this, Jesus violated the Sabbath day. Well, if he did, he sinned. We've got no Savior, let's go home. No, Jesus did not violate the Sabbath day. Jesus did not break the Sabbath day. Jesus observed the Sabbath day, but he observed it, and here's the point. He observed it exactly as God meant for it to be observed. What you had in Jesus' day was a lot of teaching about the Sabbath day that just wasn't right. That's what you had. So much so that it had been ingrained in the minds of God's people that the Sabbath day is to be observed like this. Now stay with me for a second. Here are the rules of observing the Sabbath day. And what Jesus came along and said was, you guys are wrong. That's just not so. That is not what God said. Those are not the rules. Now, I want to suggest to you there's a parallel to us. What can that teach us? Well, I can teach us that if we have a day that is to be set aside, we haven't said we do yet, but if we do, that there are things that we can learn from it, but that in all likelihood, just like the Jews, we have gotten in our heads some things about it that aren't right. I know when I was growing up, in my grandmother's home, we observed the Christian Sabbath. Now, my great-grandmother, she was a Jew. She observed the Sabbath. But we observed the Christian Sabbath. And sometimes it would be said to, to me or to us children, you know, all week long you could run around like a, a, a naked pagan, but not on the Sabbath. On Sunday... You got to keep your clothes on. Now, when I say that, I mean I literally ran around like Tarzan with a uh, Tarzan with a breeze cloud. I really did. <laughs> you know, I know that's a terrible. Please don't picture that in your mind. But I really did. But on Sunday, the Christian Sabbath, you got to dress up. That and it was a whole host of other things. It was what we said and what we watched on TV and all of this kind of thing. And in our head, we were getting this picture of a Christian Sabbath that had nothing to do with what God said. It really was not what God was teaching. 
But we were being taught that just like the Jews are being taught about the Sabbath day in their day. So Jesus is often charged. And in Matthew 12, if you'll just read this together with me quickly, you can see this is yet another incident where Jesus is charged with violating the Sabbath. So at that time, verse 1, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck the ears of the corn and to eat. Now, Montel had a preacher in Tennessee, and he'd do exactly this picture. He loved raw corn. You can eat it raw. It's like you can any vegetable. He'd literally go into a cornfield. He would literally pull the ear off the corn. He would literally shuck it right there in the garden and eat it raw. He loved it. Just like they're doing here. But you see, the problem is when the Pharisees saw it. Because the Pharisees immediately said, that's work. Because they had all kinds of laws. They literally had hundreds of interpretations about what was work and what was not. You could only walk so many steps. You could only carry a loaf of bread if it weighed under such and such a weight. You could walk with two sandals on, but not across the floor with one. Because that was extra effort, it was work. And it went on and on and on and on. And when they saw it, they said unto him, verse 2, Behold, your disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. They're breaking the law is the point. He said unto them, Have you never read? Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's see what it teaches us. Let's get learning from it. Have you never read what David did when he was hungry? And they that were with him, you know, they're hungry. And how he entered into the house of God. Now remember, David is from the tribe of Judah. Got no business in the temple. But he entered into the house of God, he said. And he did eat the showbread that was designated for a particular purpose, but he ate it. And that which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them that were with him, only for the priest to eat. Haven't you read that? I can only imagine them saying, uh, yeah, that's one of those hard passages we don't like to talk about. I don't know, but you know, I can see them doing that. Or have you not read in the law, verse 5, how that on the Sabbath day the priest in the temple profane, quote-unquote, profane the Sabbath, and they're blameless? In other words, if sacrifices were supposed to be offered and that date came around on the Sabbath day, they went right ahead and offered the sacrifices. They did work. They slaughtered an animal. They burned it, etc., etc. Haven't you read that? Verse 6, But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Now, here's what Jesus does not mean. That you can be above the law. He's not above the law. In fact, the Bible teaches us that he obeyed the law perfectly. He was blameless in keeping the law. He's not saying, standing before you, somebody's above the law. I can break it if I want to. He's not saying that at all, though I hear people talk about it as though he were. Well, verse 7, here's what he's saying. If you had known what it means, and that's the point. If he's greater than the temple, greater than the law, and he is, if he's the writer of the law, and he is, then he knows what it means. And you guys have missed it. Just like, unfortunately, my poor grandmother had missed it. Oh, and he, it is not the Christian Sabbath. And keeping the day that we're supposed to keep to God does not have to do necessarily just that day 
to do with how we dress and what we watch on TV and where we go and what we can play and what we can't and all those things. So let's go on and read what Jesus said. If you'd known what this means, God said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Again, I will have also mercy, not only sacrifice. That's the, the construction of it. Yes, God wants sacrifice, but God also wants mercy. Then you would have not condemned the blameless or the guiltless. For the Son of Man, notice verse 8, and he's saying it in another way, is Lord also of the Sabbath day. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm greater than the temple. I'm the Lord of the temple. And I'm greater than the law. I'm the Lord of the law. And I'm greater than any law in the law, including the Sabbath day, because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath day. I wrote it. I thought it in the first place. I did it. Colossians 1 would tell us he created the world. It was him who rested on the seventh day. I know what it's all about, is what Jesus is saying. And I understand it perfectly. So let's read on. And when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. There's nothing wrong with a synagogue. That was a good idea. You know, if you're going to remember the Sabbath day, if you're going to remember what God did for you and all of this kind of thing, what better way to do that than to build a place where you go and pull out the Word of God and read about God and sing praises to God and so forth and so on. Great idea. God didn't condemn that. Jesus didn't condemn that. He honored it. He went to synagogue. But, verse 10, there was a man. And he had his hand withered, you know, crumpled up, atrophied. And they ask him, say, here they are. We're going to see if he does it again, because he's already done it before. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? And they did that so that they could accuse him. Verse 11, he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? In other words, you get up on Saturday morning and your poor sheep has fallen down in a hole. You going to help it out or let it die? Because a sheep at the bottom of a hole is going to die. And quickly. You're going to get it out? I'll go you one better. If we went to an alternate passage, if we turned over, for example, to Mark and Luke, here's what we begin to understand that he was saying at this occasion. Jesus said, I'll tell you even one better. Which one of you got up this morning, the Sabbath day, got up this morning and did not unloose a donkey or whatever, and lead it out of the barn. Which one of you, to water? Which one of you didn't do that? And every one of them would have. You have animals, you're going to water them seven days a week. No vacations, you know, in the sense of they're not taken care of. No days off. You're going to take care of the animal every day. So which one of you did not do that? And so then he makes his point. How much then, verse 12, is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. You ask the question, I will tell you. It is lawful to do good. That's what Mark 3 says. Jesus asked him, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath day? Now, those are the only two alternatives. You had to answer one or the other. And the answer would be, it is lawful to do good. Why? Why is doing good? Why is doing a merciful act and healing a guy with a crumpled up hand, why is that a good thing? Because it gives glory to God. It's work. Yes. But it's work for God. 
You see, if you go back to Exodus 20, and let's turn back there quickly and look at this. Let's look again at exactly what the law said, at exactly what was being condemned. Exodus 20 says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, it says. In verse 9, six days shall you labor, you see, and in do all of your work. But the seventh day is mine. The work that's to be done on the Sabbath day is my work. And that's what Jesus is doing. Six days you do the work for yourself. The seventh day, verse 10, is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. What kind of work? All the Jews read it, the Pharisees read it, that meant no work. Well, yeah, we know we we do some exceptions over here. But no work. No good things being done. No merciful acts being done. No finding something that brings glory to God being done. You missed it, Jesus said. I wrote it. I know what it means. It means do good things on the Sabbath day. And that's how you remember the seventh day and keep it holy. And that's how it ends up being different is the point. Now, let's bring it home and we'll close out in the next couple of minutes here. For many people, the Lord's Day, and I believe today is the Lord's Day. I believe that Sunday is the day in the New Testament set aside for us to worship the Lord. I do not believe it's a Christian Sabbath. And I don't think we find our laws respecting the Lord's day in the Old Testament. But at the same time, I do think we find our learning. I think we find our admonition. I think we find our teaching about it. I think we find the attitudes and all of that surrounding and how God feels about a day that he sets aside. I think we find all of that in the Old Testament. Even down to violate this death, this day and die. So what is that saying to me? Sometimes today, people go the other extreme. Some people, even some religious people, Sunday's the Christian Sabbath. You go back a hundred years and what predominated the idea in this country, for example, what predominated was that Sunday was the Christian Sabbath. Stores were closed. A lot of you that are in the older generation can remember the blue laws on Sunday and all of that. Stores were closed. You didn't shop on Sunday. You didn't work on Sunday. Businesses were closed. Not even sports could be played. I think a lot of people would find it surprising that Baseball games, for example, were outlawed to be played. Even as late as the 1930s, there were only four states that allowed a baseball game, and that was moot because you could ever hardly get a game between those teams in those four states. Only four states allowed even a sports event on Sunday. The idea was the Christian Sabbath. Now, I'm not saying that that's what God commands, but I'm not saying there's something, not something there either. Because now, what do you have? Sunday is just another day for most people. But I'll go one better than that or one worse than that. Sunday is not just another day. Sunday is my day. And what happens is, five days a week, usually, people work. The common person works Monday through Friday. Most jobs have Monday through Friday. Saturday is catch-up day. Man, you need to do something on Saturday where you've got to go to Wayne or go out on 46 or forget it. You know, 
It's going to take you three, four, five, six times what it would normally take you because everybody's catching up on Saturday. And if they're not doing that, then the days are filled with sports events, etc. And it's just as busy and just as tiring as the rest of the week. So Sunday, I'm told around here by a lot of people, you want me to come to church on Sunday? Sunday is my day. Well, Sunday ain't your day. It's the Lord's day. And whether or not you see it as your day, your free time, your God-given, quote-unquote, right to do whatever you want to do on Sunday, it is still the Lord's day. And all that teaching and all that warning and so forth in the Bible is at least saying something. I may leave it up to your judgment to say exactly what it is saying, but it is saying something. It's not your day to do your business, and that's all it is. No, it's the Lord's day. I think some people contend as an Old Testament law, there's no application. We don't have any laws respecting Sunday other than maybe, maybe, if we can get it in, if we have time, get to church and take the sacrament. I'm not calling it that, but people feel toward it that way. As long as I get to church and take the Lord's Supper, I've done what God wanted me to do. And so you have plenty of churches across this land where there is a you know, church or meeting or classes or whatever it might be have been going on for an hour, hour and a half, but it's time for the Lord's Supper, and they know that. They duck in, take the Lord's Supper, and out the door they are. And I can't tell you the number of times when someone will say, did you speak to so-and-so this morning? Did you see so-and-so this morning? And I'll say, no. I don't remember I'm coming through the line. Oh, they left after the Lord's Supper. Is that what God is teaching us? Should we observe the Sabbath? No. Should we observe the Lord's day? That's the question. Some people say it's just another day. There are no laws respecting it. We see the emphasis on worship in the early days. We just got through with the debate, and we talked about this. And yeah, we see it, and a lot of jokes are made about it. You know? They came together on the first day of the week, and Paul preached at midnight, you know, and all that kind of thing. And we make jokes about it, how, you know, you're not going to preach till midnight, are you? Boy, that's a long-winded preaching. But the point is they gave time. They were meeting in Acts 2 daily. I'm not saying that that is taught as a command. I don't believe it is. But I believe it teaches us something. I believe that we should see that you give time, you make time, you dedicate time, you, you make God's day in some sense holy. Set it apart. Set aside time to honor God. To remember. You know, not just a passing thought that Jesus died on the cross and I'm saved from my sins, but time to reflect and remember what it really means. I think we should do that. And you know, I'll I'll close by mentioning Exodus 34. You can go and read the passage. But here was sort of God's closing thought on all these laws. They were time-consuming. If you obeyed all the laws of Moses, you're going to spend a lot of time during a week obeying commandments. And God said, I know you're busy. Sometimes you've got to plow. Sometimes you've got to harvest. Sometimes they're just really busy times. Read Exodus 34 and verse 21 where God says, it doesn't matter if it's the plowing time or the harvesting time or any other time. 
you still have to set the day aside and remember it. I think it teaches us something. If you're here tonight and you're not a child of God, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you're willing to confess that, you will repent and be baptized for forgiveness of your sins, the Lord will save you. And you begin a life of honoring the Lord. Not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Maybe you're here tonight and you look at this lesson or the lesson we had this morning, great lesson this morning. You kind of look at your life and reflect upon it and say, you know what, I, I, need, to, I need to make a stronger effort. I'd like to ask for people here to pray for me so I can be able to do that. If you need to come for any reason, please come. Always stand and sing.